You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Pure Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Adobe Radio. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you new content every week right here on Adobe Radio. And again, again on iTunes and everywhere else podcasts are available once this show airs. So we are greatly, greatly appreciative to be on Adobe Radio. And we are moving nights, as you're hearing right now on Saturday night. Saturday nights at 6 p.m. Eastern. That's 3 p.m. Pacific. Right here on Adobe Radio, you can hear the first run of this show, uh, which then becomes the Pure Pleasure Podcast. After that, on iTunes and everywhere podcasts are available. We are now on Google Play. Uh, We are also on uh, iTunes, like I said. We are on SoundCloud. Pretty much, I mean, Stitcher, anywhere. If you can find a podcast there, you'll find us there. Um, And you can always check out the website on Adobe. Uh, If you go to adobe.com slash shows slash Pleasure. Uh, you can listen to the, all of my episodes on there as well if you like to hang out on that site. Um, there's some great music on there as well. So I definitely recommend checking it out at least um, if you get a chance. So all my episodes are up on iTunes. All my episodes are up on SoundCloud. Uh, so full access everywhere in the show is free. And to keep it free, we do appreciate uh, you know any donations that come through on the donate tab on the website, purepleasurepodcast.com. We also have the Amazon affiliate link. And that affiliate link, uh, anything you buy using that link, if you bookmark it, um, anything you buy on Amazon, whether it's a box of cereal or a, you know, a, a, a bike, anything, we get 4% of. Uh, it doesn't cost you any extra, but it definitely supports the show and keeps us going, uh, keeping the show free, keeping the lights on. Um, that'd be really great uh, to get some, some action on there like we have been. And we do definitely appreciate having that uh, coming through every week and, and seeing that. But... Uh, my guest today uh, is Jay Sakong from the band Ol. Now, Jay and I have not spoken before this interview, uh, so this was definitely interesting because up to this point, I've done a lot of friends that I've had long relationships with um, on off the road, uh, a lot of inside jokes and funny tour stories and everything else. So I was excited to talk to Jay because I've been a fan of the band Ol uh, for a long time and was really excited uh, when I talked to Natalie about getting them on the show. But I was also excited to talk to someone who I've never talked to before, that I like their stuff and wanted to put it out there. And I know they're doing well, but I wanted to do my part and, and get their name out there. So uh, Jay and I finally connected uh, over Skype and had a great conversation. We talked a lot about, you know, the typical things like, you know, about writing the record, um, found out that he writes a lot of the music, uh, pretty much all of it himself, and then uh, writes the parts for everyone else. And then they all come together as one cohesive unit, which was also pretty cool to learn. Um, the music's really dreamy and, and atmospheric and, and really beautiful. And, and I think everyone's really going to enjoy hearing that now. And we also got into some fun stuff. I found out Jay, um, does commercial work for, uh, big companies where he can play around with music that, uh, as a musician, you, in a certain kind of music, you don't necessarily want to play but you like to mess around with like there's always been a time a metal dude has come in to practice space and there's a keyboard and he starts playing some dance beats or something just to be funny 
Jay gets to do that for a living as well on the side from Ole. So that's also fun to know. So I want to get into that with him a bit, um, which we did. So I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. Uh, and I really appreciate you guys listening week to week. Uh, PeerPleasurePodcast.com is the website. We are also available on Adobe's website under the live shows section. Uh, and we are on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Twitter is at PodPeerPleasure. And Instagram is at PeerPleasurePod. So definitely hit us up on there. Uh, PeerPleasurePod at gmail.com is the email if you want to send me comments uh, or questions or guest ideas or just tell me to fuck off. Like it <laughs> Either way, I mean, it's awesome getting mail from you guys and hearing your thoughts on the show. So without further ado, let's get into the episode with Jay Sakong from Ole. so so sorry dude no problem at all man <laughs> it's just how it works sometimes it's uh it's it's a, a non-stop hustle because it's trying to get two people together at the same time is is hard enough especially on different coasts and and everything else but uh i'm stoked to have you on the show man dude what kind of microphone are you using you sound like james Earl jones with that bass oh thank you uh it's a blue yeti oh yeah that makes sense yeah, yeah. You sound- <laughs> yeah man it's in and i'm getting over being sick as well so my voice is about an octave lower than it usually is oh yeah you got that macy grayness to it I yeah like it. <laughs> well, well thank I, you, I just, so i i also have a bit of grogginess to we'll, we'll both sound like a 50 year old man on this interview <laughs> excellent man and so you guys uh so uh the band is all and uh yeah. it's is it sakong Yep. Okay, so Jay Sakong uh, from Ole on Equal Vision Records uh, with me today on the Pure Pleasure Podcast. Uh, you guys are over in New Jersey, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, our violinist, although from Jersey, lives in Brooklyn now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wanted to pay a little more for rent. <laughs> yeah, right, I guess. <laughs> well, well, uh, well, awesome. So so I wanted to know a little bit uh, about you to get started Um you know, I'm a fan of the band, but I know not a whole lot about you. So, um, where did you grow up? Um, I actually grew up in Central Jersey, like uh, Woodbridge area, Middlesex County, like suburban Jersey. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, actually, um, most of us did. Well, the, the three out of five of us did, but uh, yeah, suburban Jersey. That's me. Okay. Right on. I I love New Jersey. I the first time we went out there on tour, we I, the one thing I noticed is everyone said awesome instead of awesome. And it was <laughs> it was just like in a movie. It was like walking into a movie set. I was like, "We're well, instantly on yeah. the East Coast." Like I think we came from Ohio or something. We did a long stretch where we were away from other people for a long time and then got out of the van and there it is. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the, the more I drink, the more my awesome comes out. Excellent. Instead of awesome. <laughs> Man. Uh so and and how did you first get started into music? Did you did you play from an early age or did you kind of come into it later? Yeah, um well like like most Korean kids, uh my parents like made me take piano lessons. Um which I've always loved music but hated when I was younger I sort of hated the aspect of being forced to uh learn piano, but um so, uh, but finally they, they let me quit, um, later on cause they just knew how much I hated it. And then, 
I feel like as soon as they let me quit, I like went to the piano and was just like, oh wow, this is a really cool instrument. And so, <laughs> so I actually really am happy that they that they made me uh, in hindsight. Yeah. Yeah, and, and this that's a good foundation instrument for. It is. Yeah, all the notes are just like laid out in order. Um, you know, there's like the multitasking aspect to it. So if you want to get into drums, which I actually did, uh, I went from piano to drums, and that was like sort of my first rock band experience was uh, being a drummer for a while. And uh -huh. uh, and then um, after playing drums and, until I was like, I feel like I was 16 when I sort of really wanted to get into the melodic side of music. And and, um, and plus it just looks cooler holding a guitar, right? So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I would have my friends just like, Whichever friends did play guitar, I would have them teach me like random chords here and there. And I feel like my first music lessons on guitar was just very much like through friends. And uh, and we didn't have YouTube back then, or maybe yeah, no, I don't think we did. And so a lot of it was just um, learning through people, just trying to figure it out with my ear. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and and it's funny because I, I I always loved drums, and I I, I didn't play drums for a while because I. I couldn't, I just figured like, it's like, I thought it would be like riding a bicycle. Like I won't play drums for a year and then I'll sit behind a kit and it'll be like as natural as breathing. I just couldn't possibly imagine sitting behind a kit and not being uh, completely comfortable. But um, sure enough, like after a year of just like not touching the drums, I, I sat behind the kit and like first thing to go was my footwork. Like I, I just, it, it was completely, uh, it was horrible. So I, I think I just let it go at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's that's. Uh, I mean, that's an interesting interesting route to take, where you just kind of cycled through a bunch of stuff all at once. And uh, uh, I, I learned play to, to play uh, to play by ear as well. Um, yeah. And I can't, I couldn't read music to save my life. Couldn't do this day. And that's something that I felt. Do you do you uh, have any abilities that way? As far I know, you taught yourself a, a lot of things besides piano. But can you read music on other instruments? So um, I completely forgot how to how to read music uh, on piano and all other instruments, and it's kind of a it's a big regret of mine because I, I feel like um, as cool it is to say that you know that we can uh, just pick something up by ear, or learn something by ear. Whenever I'm like learning a song, um, I sort of like learn my version of the song. I might I, I'll miss little like diminished notes here and there uh it'll be like the dumbed down version of whatever i'm trying to learn mm -hmm. um if i'm just picking up by, by ear usually and uh and i feel like whenever you learn a song you kind of like add to your arsenal um and you know i feel like i would have a much bigger arsenal if i if i was able to just read sheet music and be like oh wow this is exactly what they did and and uh cool i would never thought to do that let me add that to my arsenal yeah and you guys have you guys have some string uh, arrangements too, so you're kind of set up for that, where you don't have to necessarily bring in someone else to do these parts and have you know transcribed music uh, yeah. of your own stuff. You kind of lucked out there, where you you already have it within the band. So um, yeah, so what I do, what we do there is like uh, when I write like a string part, uh, I usually record everything on like Logic. Um, and so when I do that, it's all just MIDI, right? It's all just uh, played on the keyboard. And and so uh, within Logic, there's a program that transcribes MIDI into uh, notes, you know, on on a, on a scale. So um, I could just send Jane. Because Jane uh, does, our violin player, she does know how to read music. And she's very comfortable with it and actually prefers uh, to, to just to read it. Um, so I'll just send her that sheet music that I have no idea <laughs> <laughs> how to write myself, but just like you know, the, the program turns the MIDI into it for me. That's crazy. I didn't know that it did that. It's like that Google Translator or whatever. You can type in whatever and what language you want it to go to, and it just <laughs> pops it over, and you can copy it and text it or something. Or yeah, yeah. Except like yeah, the, those Google Translators. I feel like never quite. <laughs> we we always get like um, messages from like other like countries or uh, or or like posts where like when I hit that Google trans transcribe button, it always turns into a really funny message, and it's like <laughs> it's almost like cute, you know what I mean? Like yeah. some, like the kind of uh, like the things that get lost in translation. I don't know. Um, like 
I, I, like one of the messages I remember was like from Japan, and like it translated into like your music is a coming of my heart or something like that. <laughs> and I was, it was like beautifully poetic. It but is. Like, I'm sure this probably doesn't sound as strange, you know, in, in the way that they're saying it. That's incredible. That <laughs> you can't make that up either. Like you can't you can't just sit there and 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 come up with that. Even the greatest poet couldn't sit there and do that. All they needed was Google. And yeah. I, I mean, it's prophetic. It's awesome. That'll, that'll be the next like concept record. <laughs> be like, just poorly transcribed um, li- lyrics. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! Uh, so, so tell me a little bit about about how all got together and uh, how that all started for you guys, as far as as far as coming together and and uh, kind of your journey to where you are now. Yeah. Um... Well, so I was coming from a um, another band that I mean that that was the first band. Uh, it was a band called Delft, where I was singing, and so once that sort of fell apart, I was like, all right, let me just get a group of people that I just like, right? Because I knew that the music that I wanted to make, um, I knew that you didn't have to like shred on your instrument to play it. Sure. It's more about um, do you want to play? You know, um, like a, a band like. Magui or like Sigaros, like it's not that they kill it on their instruments, but they just have the patience and um, the vision to play it. And so I knew that finding people with similar vision was more important than finding people that were just really uh, prolific with their instruments. So, um, uh, so it kind of makes sense that I ended up being in a band with like my favorite people in the in the world. It's uh-huh. like the uh, the all star cast of awesome people. Um, but so I, I knew Ryan from high school. Ne- never really talked to him, but um, in high school, but just like connected with him later on. Um, and Ryan's our drummer. And I met same thing with Nunzio. He went to my high school. Never really really talked to him, but we kind of connected later on. And uh, Seamus, I went to um, this uh, audio institute of audio research, this like uh, engineering school. And I just like met him on the train. And we would just like talk about music, and um, it's funny because I asked him to join the band without even hearing him ever play. But like, just the you know, like sometimes the way people just talk about music, you know that um, uh, you, you kind of know that everything's going to be okay. I, I don't know if that if that's ever happened to you, where you just can trust that this person will know what they're doing. And um, and Jane, uh, I've known since I was a little kid. We like our families would go to the same church because we both like grew up Catholic, uh-huh. although not Catholic anymore. Um, and so yeah, so Jane, I've known the longest since, since I was a little kid. Okay. And you guys just started, and you started. So you write, you write the majority of the songs or all the songs, I guess. Uh yeah. Okay. And so how does that work with you guys as far as as far as songwriting? Do, when you were starting out, did you have a, a, a group of songs already, or did you kind of just get together and hash out ideas? Um, yeah, no, we, uh, so usually I'll, um, it's almost like pre-production where, um, I'll just record a song on Logic, um, and, and then I'll, like, send out, um, different mixes to the different band members where, where their instrument is the loudest so that they could learn their parts, um, and then just sort of bring it into rehearsal and, and we'll just play it together. And if there's anything that they want to tweak on their own part, you know, um, it's usually for the best. So, mm-hmm. uh, so it kind of works out that way. It's it's terribly like unromantic to <laughs> to explain it that way. Like <laughs> I'd love to say that like we just get in a room and like bro, like it just happens. Uh-huh. It's, like, it's, this magic just happens. But like, um, <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's usually yeah. I, it, yeah, because um, I've been in bands where we just sit in a room and just cycle something a million times over, and then at the end of the day, it's just like trying to polish a turd or something, or yeah. you know, trying to make something work just because of how much work you've already put into it, like a bad poker hand. But uh, but um, yeah, no, I, I just because for me, I, I want to make music that um, I really enjoy listening to, mm-hmm. so. Um, so if I could just record something, sit back and be like, okay, this is, um, you know, I like this or I'm, I'm proud of this. And, uh, that's something I want to work with. Okay. So you, so you write everything. So you write, you write, uh, you know, all the different parts and then, and send them out. That's interesting. There's, you know, the two schools of thought on that is, you know, some people look at bands and say, well, you know, 
that band was was amazing because it was those four or five people together. If one of them left, it would not be the same. And then there's the other one that there's one person in the band that that has the vision and and you know, the music happens because they're in that room, but it's not necessarily um needed. Like it like if something happens something happened where, you know, someone had a baby and said I can't do it anymore, you guys could continue and the songs would sound would sound similar to what they do with you guys as as a band now versus well, do you yeah. feel that way or do you since you're think, you're coming I, from that school yeah I, I do feel like if one of us was missing it would sound very different um maybe not uh compositionally or structurally but mm-hmm. i mean um you know just Seamus is a much uh better guitarist than i am and he has a certain touch uh, and it sounds better and uh and when I'm writing his parts, I'm like, I'm literally like playing two seconds of it and then like readjusting my hand and then playing the next two seconds. And then it's like very much like chopped up and it sounds horrible, but it's okay because it's not for anyone to hear. It's just for him to, to f- figure out how to make the mad, you know, whatever I did into, uh, into reality. And so, you know, I couldn't play his parts, uh, you know, um, and, and, and also, there's there's other roles that I feel like are so important with this band besides just the playing aspect, like the personalities and, um, and, and like someone like our bassist Nunzio, um, you know, he is like the dad of the band, where like he's always just like taking care of everything uh, on like the sort of like business side and um, and uh always just like level headed there's I do feel like this band would be very different if one of the members uh was like switched out okay um yeah okay and more of a more of a um uh, i I see what you're saying because because you know some people are a little heavier handed or um you know yeah. just just make things make things sound the way you do, even if you're writing everything, it still sounds the way it does because of those people individually. Yeah, and also like how where would I find another group of people that would like be so hmm, like like uh I don't want to say selfless, but like would would be willing to just trust me on on this, like to be like all right, like you want like most people would not be okay with me like writing um you know the parts for them or um I don't know. I just feel like I really lucked out with this group of people. I I don't, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, I don't think I would be in a band <laughs> where, where someone else was like writing, writing my cards for me. Yeah. And I, I totally understand that. And, and, uh, I, I've talked about it, I think before on an earlier episode, but I, I know Omar from, uh, Mars Volta and, and that whole group, I read that he would write the parts, but he would, he would teach them to, the players and then but they wouldn't be able to hear the whole group together until it was done so they oh, just really? played their parts That's not knowing where it's fitting or why i mean they're playing obviously to a click track but yeah. to do it that way so they get a like a completely encapsulated performance of their own part and then they don't hear it till the album's done or the the mix is done That's i thought that was crazy <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're a guy like that, where you know he's such a maniac that um, you you, I would definitely trust him, right? Like yeah. I would definitely be like, oh, you want me to uh, fart into the pickup? Like, okay, yeah. I'll do it. Um, I'm, and I bet it's gonna be awesome. Um, but you know, one of the reasons why I record everything on Logic and then send it out is just so I could be like, instead of being like, guys, trust me, this is all gonna work out. It's just so I could be like, okay, well, this is what it sounds like altogether. Mm-hmm. If you like it, we could we could do it. And if not also like, you know, if they don't like the songs, then, um, you know, we don't do them. I mean, that's, you know, for sure that goes without saying. So they get to hear how it all comes together. And, uh, uh, yeah. So there's, I guess there's less of a leap there. Okay. Yeah. I see that, that, that magic moment when they finally get to hear everything done and, and, uh, it all makes sense. This is, this is cool. that It's more of a, a democracy still, um, you know, with one, one big vision and, uh, and then everyone else filling that vision, you know, getting it completed. And that's, that's got to feel good once you hear the record all done and, and they hear it too. And, and, uh, hear all those ideas come together and, and, uh, really make something special. 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, it's it sounds weird, but it is definitely um, a democracy. I mean, um, if it ever got to a point where you know um, someone wanted to do something other than, I mean, everything comes down to a vote, really. Mm-hmm. I'm just really lucky where we've just sort of been in agreement with most things. Yeah. And how did you guys get? Uh, how did you guys get hooked up with EVR? Um. I think just like different people have been hitting up EVR about us. Like, uh, um, I'm really good friends with this producer, Will Putney. Uh, um, and I know he's friends with Dan from EVR, so he's been hitting them up. We have a friend, Dan Moder, like just different people have been hitting up them up throughout the years. So finally they, uh, Dan came out, uh, Dan Sanshaw from, uh, EVR, he mm-hmm. came out to the show. And then after the show, he just invited us out for dinner, and uh, and we sealed the deal. We started going steady. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> was that the only label uh, that you had coming your way at the time, or did you have other labels courting you, or or uh, was it um, just EVR hit hit you up? Yeah, we, we did have um, other smaller labels, um, and uh, you know nothing that we ever took. Nothing that we actually like truly thought that we were going to go with, but when when we heard EVR was interested, it was like there was no there was no like question that we would, you know, be down with that. Yeah, it, it's a fantastic fantastic label, and, and Dan is is good people. He's he was uh, you know always been there for us in any endeavor we've done, and even though we didn't go with EVR, which was the biggest mistake of our life. Uh, he, it was, you know, here's more money, here's more money, and we took it instead of yeah. saying, here's here's a family. <laughs> we uh, went the complete opposite direction, and Dan was still at every show and every everywhere. You know, if we needed advice, we could call him up. Um, you know, even to, to this day, how I got connected with Natalie was through Dan after I hadn't probably talked to him like eight years, maybe longer, and he's like, whoa, dude, how are you doing? You know, yeah, and, and uh, you guys made a, a good choice there. Um, what did you guys uh, end up going with? We went with Fearless. Okay, okay. Um, we were on Rise Records first. Uh, Fearless bought our release off of uh, Rise before it came out, um, and then because Rise was still tiny at the time, and and uh, um, you know, I remember arguing over a thousand dollars to master our record, which they didn't <laughs> want to master it because it cost too much money. And now Rise Records is, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is where it is. But I've always thought that like being on a record label, I went into this actually thinking that like um, uh, that there would be a bit of butting of heads, and uh, you know, I I I went into it thinking that whole thing of like artists versus you know business, and um, but it's just been so weird with how easygoing they are and how okay and trusting they are with uh, the things that. We do so much to the point. Okay, so I don't even I don't know if I should be saying this, but like yesterday, literally happened yesterday. We're like, um, I want uh, we're thinking about what song to do our next music video for, and and I had a particular track in mind that wouldn't really make for a good single, but would really go with the 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 concept of the, of the video really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they they said, you know, we prefer if you did this song because it'd make a great single, and they're right, and. Um, and like I kind of like got into that mode where I'm like, no, but this, you know, it's for the art, blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then so, um, so then I ended up saying like, okay, fine, we'll go with the single. And then they, and then they ended up saying, you know what? If it's if you feel that strongly about it, we'll we'll go with the song that you want. And then and then here I am realizing that they're right, that like, no, like it's better to put out the song that would make, a, you know, the, the next single. So I ended up. Like almost like in a reverse psychology, be like, no, you know what? Like you're right, and yeah, like <laughs> that's why we have you. I mean, like that's why we. Uh, that's why I trust them. You know. Yeah. Uh, so that to- right there, saying that right there, that's why you trust them. That's something that I know they don't take lightly, and it's something <laughs> you're you're really hard to find in this industry where where you know money doesn't trump everything, and and uh, you know because they know. You know, it, they want to keep you happy, of course, but you're also helping them out as well. And in this climate where, you know, people don't buy records anymore, it's really a struggle for labels. I mean, having that relationship uh, and those those uh, foundations 
is really what's going to help them stay relevant and stay around. You know, uh, something they've been doing before when people were buying records, they were exactly the same way. And like yeah. you said, they knew you knew what you wanted to do, but they, you know, they had to put their yeah. say in there. And even while I was arguing my point, I, I was like saying, like, I get why they want this because it makes all the sense in the world. And then I'm like, wait, it makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> why am I not listening to them? And uh, and so, yeah, they ended up giving me the freedom to go with my original choice. But it's uh, but hey, when you're right, you're right. And um, and plus, it's their money. I mean, yeah, you know, if I want to go make this dumb like art project on my own like I, they would absolutely probably let me and uh but I, i'm asking them to you know invest and and uh the, the smarter investment would be uh their, their choice you know so yeah. yeah absolutely and so so with the uh the newest record dear me you you produce that right um yeah okay how did that how did that come about i want to i want to hear a little bit about how uh you know going from the initial vision of the songs to recording them and being I mean you're you're all in with this so how did that recording process go for you guys and kind of kind of walk me through that if you can yeah so uh What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th, featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on the 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch, A Tap I Can't Turn Off, out now. First new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June. Equalvision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on Equalvision Records, you're always going to find something you like at Equalvision.com. Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and Be Well's new 7-inch now. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, they have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little little taste of it right down to the shaky microphone and all. 
<laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love want to love or hate yeah imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that that uh has impacted your life uh and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week so triangulate your speakers think about jumping off the bed singing along dancing like an idiot and listen to axe grind podcast Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, Tier 1, Tier 2, and Tier 3. Tier 1 is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier 2 gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier 3 is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the Passcast. The Passcast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Um, uh, so you know, the band called Gates. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Kevin Dye, who's a singer of Gates, I, I got him on board to engineer. Um, and so we rented out this beautiful space called uh, Audio Pilot in uh, New Jersey. Uh-huh. And we had like, I think we like booked out like a month to uh, to make this record. And so we like mapped out, you know, <laughs> like uh, how long each section would take and blah, 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 blah. And it, it was, we knew it would be um, like a hustle. Like we had to really cram everything in and... Uh, but somehow we made it happen, and during the process, I realized that Kevin was doing more than just engineer work. You know, he was making really cool suggestions uh, when it came to um, mic placement, and I know that that sounds like engineer work, but the the create it, it was so much on the creative end, and, the, and and I felt like it would affect this the sound so much that it's like, okay, you're no longer just an engineer. I mean, you're clearly like co-producing this with me. So, um, so yeah, he, uh, he ended up being a co-producer on it. And, and uh, somehow we, we <laughs> somehow we made it happen. It would just be me and him like in the studio 24 seven. And then, um, cause I freelance. So I sort of have the uh, freedom to do that, to just take a month off and, and just dive into this where the other members, uh, they do have more normal, normal jobs. So they would come in to do their parts. And then it was like this, like rotating, uh, cast, um, throughout the month. And yeah. Okay. And so you said you freelance, what do you do on the, uh, for your, your day job? 
uh, I make music for commercials. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell me about that. That's pretty awesome. What kind of yeah. stuff do you do? Like it, it, anything? Like uh, yeah. insurance to Doritos? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much. It's uh, um, sorry, my brain's not working right. I, I, I woke up about 15, 20 minutes ago, but uh, but yeah, um, I'll do anything pretty much that excites me. Um, I'll get an email that says, here's the job. Are you in or are you out? And there's a great freedom in that with, with being like, you know, I have this and this and this coming up. I'm out or absolutely I'm in. And, um, and yeah, so far I've done stuff like um, JCPenney to like KFC to Ford. Uh, yeah. Really? It's, it's been fun, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> That yeah, seems like the the coolest job in the world for a musician. I mean, yeah, yeah, I get to like flex certain musical muscles that maybe I wouldn't even get to flex uh, with you know with my own uh, music. And I'm not gonna lie, making um, pop music or shitty like bro music, like rock music, like it's fun to make. It really is. I just <laughs> you know I I wouldn't slap my name on it. Yeah. So I get to do that. I get to. Um, I get to have fun and, and do that stuff and, and sort of re- remain anonymous, you know? Uh-huh. So I really like that. And uh, I've made some, uh, I ne- <laughs> had an opportunity to make some EDM tracks, which I never thought I, I would. Uh, oh, really? Okay. But, yeah. And that's, and that's a lot tougher than people realize as well. Just the sound design aspect of that. You know? uh-huh. Yeah. I think people are confused there on when they see a, you know, a DJ turning knobs. I mean, it's, or pressing play on their laptop, as they say. But um. well, I mean, so yeah, with that, like all the hard work is is done by the time they're on a stage, and they're at that point they are just pressing knobs, and it is as dumb as people probably <laughs> think it is. But um, but they don't realize that a lot of hard work went into it in the studio, you know, uh, to to get those sounds, at least the good ones. You know, there are people that just take like preset sounds, or they just buy sample bundles and just sort of uh, throw that all over the place, but. Um, but yeah, someone has to like come up with these, uh, these crazy sounds and it's sort of not my strong suit, but, uh, but doing tracks like that, it makes me, um, you know, work those muscles with, uh, like just like sitting on a synth and just like, you know, um, just trying to get something out of it, you know, by turning oscillators and and crap like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it also helps kind of bleed the demons out as far as little ideas that come in. I mean, it's fantastic. You can make money to, to do things that you're not necessarily, you know, would ever put out there with your name on yeah, it, which is awesome. Little, there's definitely little things that like I come up with that like I'm like, okay, this is cool, and then I'm like, no, this is like too cheesy. Like even I have to draw the line. So I could put that cheesy whatever into uh, into a commercial and and still feel like I I got to like you know use it in some way. It's like the if YouTube commenters could actually push a monetize button on their comments and <laughs> the anonymous <laughs> the anonymous people there they're like yeah no this is yeah that's awesome and uh, so you how long have you been doing that? Um, I feel like I've been doing this for about five four years five years something like that. Shit, man, you could do that on the road even. Yeah, you know I tried and um, it's a lot tougher than I thought because. Uh, mm-hmm. um, it just because on the road you're in a van, and um, for the most of the, for the most part you're in a van, and you need like internet connection, and and plus just like staring at a screen while you're in the van is like nauseating. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So it's tough. So plus, when... I like the experience of like being on the road and hanging out with my friends, and 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 I sort of have to like disconnect myself from from everyone uh, when I do that. So yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, that's time you'll never get back to, and that's the some of the best days of your life. Like the, um, do you guys uh, do you guys sleep in the van, sleep at people's houses? Do you guys do hotels? Well, uh, most nights we'll do hotels, but when we can find a place, we'll you know, yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely use it for sure. God, I, I totally sound like a guy that like has not toured much, huh? When I'm like, yeah, I just want to hang out with my friends. <laughs> no, that's exactly what touring. That's exactly what touring is. Like that's the. But I'm not point yet where I'm like, God, like I just need to get away from these people. <laughs> no, no, because it's 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 that's one of the the things I feel lucky about too is having so many bands 
that just made it seem like a family atmosphere. Like we were at the point where we were on like $3 a day budget in the beginning, you know, where we'd come up with creative ways to make full meals out of $3 at McDonald's to, you know, buying, going out with some bands that were like, Hey, let's just go to the dollar store, buy a bunch of stuff and we'll put it together. Hey, you got Mac and cheese, you got chili. Let's mix it together. You know, (laughs) staying at people's houses. It's just an adventure. And it's a, it's a career that you technically don't need to grow ever grow up. And that's awesome and also detrimental, I think, to a point where a lot of times on tour, I found that I would feel like I was just kind of spinning my wheels, like I was having a blast, but I was just, I'd come home and people were like, what did you do, you know, uh, you know, the last couple months, uh, I just graduated college or I just had a baby. I was like, oh, I just played, you know, a bunch of shows. And yeah. uh, people always envied what I was doing, and I always envied what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. Do you get I, that I, same feeling? For sure. And, um, yeah, it's it's almost like, God, I would hate to – I'm going to get criticized for, for making this comparison. But it's almost like some, like, very, 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 very small version of, like, PTSD where you're, like, coming back and everything seems like – uh, it doesn't mean as much to you as as you'd like, and yeah. I'm just sort of waiting for that next for the next time I go back on the road, and everything in between is just like this like waiting period. And I just heard um, Bruce Springsteen on uh, Mark Maron's podcast, uh-huh. and, and he sort of was talking about uh, a similar thing, and he's dealt with it a lot more than than I have, and probably more than I ever will. But where you know he's coming back as this like version of himself. Uh, that's like slightly different than the version that left and the world around him. It, it was just, it was, he had a really tough time sort of dealing with people and dealing with himself um, when he got back from the road and mm-hmm. just like everyday life and the mundaneness of it. But yeah, you know, um, that's true that like you, you, you sort of, uh, you don't have to grow up when you're, <laughs> when you're on the road and it kind of like stunts you. And, and then, so when you get back into the real world, um, you know, you're sort of uh, handicapped. Yeah, I I view it as like there's that whole thing where you, you know you go to prison for a long time, you're institutionalized, you yeah. you're not able to function in society. I think the fact of of what you guys are doing and you know everyone else who's touring that, that what you said with with the boss uh, talking about how he you know had trouble coming back into society, you get such a clear picture of other things on the road uh, that you don't see anywhere else because you see, I mean, you watch the news. This happened in uh, North Dakota. Well, I was just in North Dakota and it's exactly the opposite of that. You know, um, you get this perspective that is priceless, but at the same time, when you come home, I, I see it as actually having your eyes open that you were actually institutionalized at home, that you're actually noticing it when you come back, and saying, wow, I was in a rat race. You know, I wasn't in prison, but yeah. my life is a lot more structured here than it needs to be. And I think that, that having those blinders pulled off is important from time to time. And I think it's a really priceless thing uh, that I wish everyone got to experience. You know, graduate high school, you know, here's here's a thousand bucks. Go take this car and just go find yourself for a month. You know, right. I think it's important. And, and I don't think enough people experience that travel and meeting people and getting a expanded world view. Everyone's so just locked in their in their day to day. Yeah, uh, yeah. Especially like suburban uh, suburban Jersey. I, I definitely feel that where you know people have never left their hometowns, let alone you know their states, let alone their countries. And uh, yeah, if you and I ever run a country, we'll do like a mandatory <laughs> post high school travel the world. Seriously, like a government funded month-long walkabout like i think yeah, it would yeah. change the world and i you know the amount of stories you gather the yeah. communication skills the and when you leave for europe with 20 bucks in your pocket for a month and a half you really find out what you're made of and that you're able to you know uh get through things you know in a way that you can't teach absolutely um, i mean that's know. one of my favorite things about traveling is like you know obviously there's uh, the, the places that you see uh, and um, the beautiful views and blah, blah, blah. But the, my, one of my favorite things about traveling is just the people that you meet and um, just, you know, going to Thailand and like, 
seeing their view on life and how they prioritize things. There's little things that like, I feel like, again, like adding to the arsenal where I'm like, wow, this is like, I really like this about your humanity. And let me add that to my arsenal and try my best to bring it back home with me and try my best to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to not, not have those things fade as, as your life goes on. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, Different people and in, in different places, it's like there's there's just so much to to uh, to add on to your own personality and, and humanity from that. Exactly, it's like a battle jacket. Like you just throw it in there, and the the you think about think about how hard it was back in the day for these explorers that went out and come back and say, guys, this is how it is. Try to convince people of that, you know, where people still think the Earth's flat today. Like right. it's 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 crazy. But uh, do you, you hear know, that dog barking in the background? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry about that. That's no, it's no problem at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> should I, should I let should I let him in or? Oh, it doesn't, it's up to you, man. It's not, it's not terribly distracting at all. I, I, uh, you know, it's happened before a lot of times, like, especially when you're at home, uh, that stuff happens, but, um, I, I think she stopped. I think we're cool. <laughs> yeah. We've had, that'll be the second, maybe the third dog we've had on the podcast that, <laughs> We, the very first episode uh, with Andrew from Fall of Troy had his his dog sitting on my lap. Uh, wow. We were in his house and and uh, yeah, yeah, so it's just want to be heard. <laughs> so so you're doing the commercial thing, you're doing the oil thing. Uh, you guys just got back from a tour. Did you? Was there any big things you learned on this last tour about the band or yourself that that really uh, resonated with you on this last run? Um. Yeah. There's definitely um, things, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you know, we're all we're all different people at the end of the day with our different personalities and um, just learning how to deal. You know, because we're I'm like I'm so close to these people that sometimes I like don't respect the boundaries um, the way I should. Uh, for example, if I if hmm, yeah, if if I think something's wrong I have a habit of like being like no what's wrong like let's talk about it. blah blah blah, blah. Uh-huh. and sometimes that's not everyone's way of dealing with with something and sometimes all you need to do is just let it alone for like you know 15 minutes just chill and um just learning how everyone likes to sort of deal um with conflict you know it's just so and I have a way of sort of like imposing my way of dealing with conflict on others and um and you know, definitely uh, this tour, I learned a little bit of that. Where, um, just like yeah, just how to deal with everyone individually as different people in their own way, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's a valuable lesson. I mean, the the I mean, everyone handles things differently, like you said. And and when you're trapped in a in a box like that, and someone yeah. just wants to be left alone, it's it's uh, you know, you learn pretty quick. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But. Um, and another thing I want to touch on here, uh, we have a few minutes left, so I wanted to, I wanted to talk about um, the covers you do on YouTube. I, I watched a bunch of those um, as I was, you know, prepping for this interview because I I would just kind of you know look around. I uh, and I saw that's why I brought up: is there an instrument you don't play? Because you play so many different things, um, and kind of what your main influence has been um, the last few years as far as music goes because you have a very a wide variety of covers you're doing uh, from some pretty amazing bands and I'm wondering uh, what really inspires you uh, you know in the last year or two yeah um, well thank you uh, and, and I, I feel like I feel like I've become that old man that uh, that listens to what they've listened to for the last 10 years and I've sort of like I feel a bit of like a I feel like my my musical intake has been stunted a little bit, and I really need to do something about that. But um, yeah, I haven't really gotten into uh, any bands in particular in the last you know in the last year or so. Um, nothing really new. Just you know, like my obvious. There's the obvious influences of like Sigur Rós and Radiohead and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that and. Um, uh, you know, I've said this before, but I always sort of look to uh, like old, like Nat King Cole songs or Etta James songs for string arrangement. Like the way they their strings will interact with the main melody, and it's almost like a, a secondary vocal. The way they like duet with each other, mm-hmm. um, 
and so I, I love those you know tracks and just also just the, the songs and sound of them um and uh yeah i can't it's funny it, I'm like I'm I'm completely part of the problem with when it comes to listeners <laughs> these days. Like my attention span is so short, everything's so available, and I could so easily find an amazing band because there are so many amazing bands out there. Uh, yeah. It's definitely not a case of you know not, there not being enough good music. Um, it's just uh, I've just been spoiled, I guess. Yeah. You, know, you I haven't remember- gone down the Spotify rabbit hole where you do related <laughs> artists for an hour and a half and just keep so, going. <laughs> my problem is I'll find a song on Spotify that's and it will move me and it will be amazing. And for some reason, I, my next step is not to go see everything else that this artist has done, which is what I should do mm-hmm. and which is what I used to do. Um, and I, I remember buying CDs and like, w- you know, without ever knowing what it would sound like and sometimes you'd buy a shit cd and so like i remember like making myself enjoy this shit cd to to some extent because i paid money for it so i mean there's a case where like i don't even like what i'm hearing but i'm investing into it um let alone you know now which is like i hear something great and i don't even take the time out to uh to dive deeper but yeah i I, that needs to change I, i definitely need to you know um uh, find out about some of these amazing artists that I'm hearing. Yeah, it, and and that's something that uh, that's something you can definitely definitely jump into, and and plenty of time on the road to check out new music and stuff like that. As far as those long drives and everything else, and, and yeah, uh, well, it's funny we do a lot of podcasts on the road. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. I so wish I had podcasts when I was touring. <laughs> yeah, no, it helps so much because sometimes the last thing you want to do after night. Of- you know, night after night of, of playing music is to listen to more music. So yeah. we've actually listened to your podcast on the road. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, a lot of like um, Radio Lab and, you know, all those good ones. Yes, those ones, they kind of have the monopoly on things. They're just so good. I mean, the the podcasting's yeah. blowing up and, and uh, it's really fun to be a part of it. And, and uh, um, I do the same thing on my commute to work and things like that. I put on other podcasts or when I'm doing, you know, dishes or whatever, I have it on a speaker going in the kitchen or it's just kind of a cool way to, to kind of, it's almost like you're sitting down with, with the two of us listening to a conversation, you know, in a coffee shop or something like you're kind of eavesdropping on someone you want to hear speak. Oh shit. Uh, am I in the podcast right now? I thought oh. this is the intro. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> All right. Well, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually right at the end because uh, I I want to to ask you one more thing, Jay. Is uh, what's coming up for Ol in uh, 2017? Um, I don't know. Um, I, not that I, I'm sure there's a plan in place. Um, I'm just not the guy to <laughs> ask. I'm I'm so short sighted when it comes to these things. I, I can tell you what we're gonna do in the next couple months. Um, sure. But uh, yeah, which is um. I think I mentioned it before, but just to, uh, I think we're going to work on a, another music video mm-hmm. and, um, and I think we are going to try to, um, get on a tour or do our own tour in late March. Okay. But, um, yeah, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing, I suppose. Yeah. Awesome, Jay. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time with me today and, and coming on and chatting and. Uh, you. you know, I really enjoy these interviews with people I don't know because it 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 uh, I always find out so many things and 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 enjoy it. I, I wouldn't say more, but about the uh, you know I, I don't want to say more than than friends of mine that I have on, but it's really nice to meet someone new and just kind of uh, just uh, cut it up for a while. So yeah, um, I really enjoyed your your questions. I really enjoyed this conversation with you. I mean, I love talking about music and uh and i feel like um that you know this conversation was very much just about music and so i really like that awesome well i really appreciate that jay and and good luck to you in 2017 and and uh hopefully i'll be able to come see you guys and you make it out to portland awesome yes let's hang out right on man well take care and uh and uh we'll talk to you soon all right brother bye bye bye
guys that was my conversation with jay sakong from the band ol once again we are on peerpleasurepodcast.com we are on twitter and instagram check us out on adobe radio saturday nights at 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific every week for a new guest we are really stoked to have you guys every week after week thank you so much for all the support and we'll see you next week thanks again Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Oh.